we are back. Welcome to another episode of Joel's Mind Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Today is a very special day and a very monumental day. Uh, today we have a guest speaker. And um, before we, I introduce him, I just want to kind of let y'all know what today's topic will be on. Of course, we are going to be continuing um, the theme of being a better version of oneself and um, have a little conversation about it. Now, I'm going to be quite honest with y'all. Uh, we have been uh, working on setting these mics up for like the last two hours. So at this point, we're just going to kind of go with the flow and wing it. And uh, y'all let me know how it goes in the comments um, on my social medias and whatnot. I appreciate the feedback um, always. So if y'all have something to say, say it with your chest. All right. So my guest speaker today is not other than DJ Dom, also known as Coach Dom, uh, born and raised here in Yakima, I believe. And uh, he's going to be talking to us about uh, his coaching experience, um, some of his own trials and tribulations, and uh, his own definition of becoming a better version um, of oneself. And with that, here he is. Yes, sir. All right, right, Joel. Thanks for having me. Um, Real quick. Not quite born and raised. I was actually born in Seattle, but from 14 on, yes. And I've been here ever I've been in Yakima ever since. Awesome. Love right. it. Love it to death. I've, hey, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yakima. I'm a transplant and proud. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, so what part of Seattle are you from? I'm from Beacon Hill, actually, the south end. So okay. a lot of people don't know where that is. But yeah, so you got no Rainier Beach, Beacon Hill. Um, Beacon Hill is connected to West Seattle through the West Seattle Bridge. Okay. Um Beacon Hill, Chinatown, Central District. Like, if you're going north from Beacon Hill, you kind of hit those areas. And then downtown. Um, Yeah, it's... It's a cool neighborhood. It's a, it's it was always diverse, but it's more diverse now so than it was back in the day. My brother and his family actually still reside there. Oh, nice. Yes, nice. cool. Do you go out there and visit a lot? Well, obviously not this year, but yeah, that's before, cool. yeah, I would actually. I'd make I'd make the journey over there. I'd I'd usually find an excuse to like I well I you know I, through DJing, mm-hmm. I, I would do gigs in Seattle quite a bit. So I'd always stay with them, obviously, if I was there. And I'd stay an extra day after, you know, I wouldn't just go there, DJ, and leave. Like, if I'm in Seattle, I'm making a point. I'm like, I'm going to go stay with my brother and oh, visit see. with my niece and my nephews and my sister-in-law. And, Get that fun, know, family those people. Time. Yeah. I don't have as many friends over there as I used to. Like, the people I knew as kids, most of them, you know, moved away or I just kind of lost touch. I feel it. I feel you it. You know, so, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, speaking of this year, um, for any of y'all that wondering, um, me having a guest, Obviously, means we're in close quarters. Um, we are trying our best to uphold the COVID restrictions, especially here in Washington. As y'all know, uh, we're going back into somewhat of a lockdown. Um, but we do have some mask on. We do have hand sanitizer and uh, a little package of Kleenex just in case it gets a little juicy in here. So, in case any of y'all want to talk shit and say yeah. we're being irresponsible. Yeah, we, you know, we're... <laughs> We're doing the best we we're can. We're trying. We're trying. So, um, so with that being said, man, let's jump right into it. Um, so, give me some insights um, about your coaching experience. How long have you been coach? What got you? Oh into man, about eight years. I've been in boxing my whole life. Boxing, like, okay. yeah. I mean, from the time I was little, I was a diehard Mike Tyson fan. Like, okay, I love. You gonna watch that fight? The Mike Tyson and Roy uh, Jones. Yeah, man. But eight, I mean, I'm kind of skeptical of it because it's it's an exhibition. It's an eight round exhibition. A, 
I, from what I heard, supposedly there's a no knockout clause. I'm like, how are you going to put a no knockout clause? Yeah, yeah, go look it up on a Tyson fight, bro. Yeah, how are you going to do that to him? I don't think Tyson follows that rule, if you want my opinion on that. Like, yeah, I hope he don't, um, to be honest. I mean, and anyone that wants to know who I'm rooting for, obviously I'm rooting for Mike Tyson. Yeah. And it's kind of tough because one of one of uh, the fighters I worked with, Andrew Murphy, actually trained. Shout out Andrew Murphy. He's from Yakima. No. He trains with Roy Jones in Florida. Oh, crazy! Yeah, and so crazy. obviously they're really close, but it's yeah. But I just I gotta. He knows me. He know he's known from the time he's met me. I'm a diehard Tyson fan. So, yeah. uh, Roy was a dope fighter too. He was very you know his defensive prowess. Uh, him and Floyd Mayweather were I think two of the only fighters to ever go a fight without either completely not getting touched, like it was one of those fights where they knocked a dude out early, or barely getting touched. I think like, but just him and Floyd, bro. Like their defensive prowess, you know. Yeah, they were, they were equals. They were superb. Yeah. Roy Roy's problem was like I think when he started climbing the weight classes, and as obviously time is not on anyone's side, really. Yeah. You know, Floyd somehow has has managed to avoid any damage as time go, has gone on. But yeah, I mean, that's... that's a topic I could go into on on itself. Anyways. So, coaching for me uh, started about eight years ago. I mean, I already had some experience in the sport. Uh, I trained with my friend growing up. Him and his dad taught us, you oh. know. And we kind of ventured to the clubs in here in Yakima. Like, yeah. you had a few different clubs that we ventured to. Yeah, like Eagles. Yeah, uh, that's well, I Wipeout. coached there. I never, but yeah, Wipeout. Yeah, all those clubs existed in my time ringside. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, we trained. I never took it seriously enough to fight. I would, you know, we'd spar. Yeah. I got my head smacked in. Yeah. I wasn't good. If I'm being honest, I'll just admit it to people out there. I wasn't good. I knew I wasn't going to ever, like, do anything in boxing. The only, like, gift I had was my durability. I could take a lot of punishment. Oh, yeah. That's about it. Like, Hey, that's good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you can, you know, yeah. you can work I could withstand like a lot of punches, but, you know, like, as far as technique, I didn't really have it. I was trained defensively, too, and I just couldn't really master it. You know, yeah. like, it was just something... So it was weird. I, I guess I transitioned better as a coach that, through that experience. Yeah. Because I know what I don't want them to go through. Oh, I see. Like yeah. when I see a fighter, I'm like, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to take unnecessary shots. I don't want you to, you know, sit there in the pocket and just, you know, kind of rope a dope people. Like, no, I don't want you to do any of that. Yeah. Um. So eight years ago, I was kind of uh, kind of lost, man. I was I was very in the nightlife. Mm-hmm. I really just kind of lived day by day. I didn't really have any direction. I had no goals at this point. I was just kind of existing, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. one day I'm at a, I'm at Walmart, actually, <laughs> of all Walmart. places. And I run into my boy, Anthony, uh, Anthony Pleasant, shout out Ant. Uh, and we had known each other for a long time. He's like, Dom, do you still know how to work? So punch mitts was my main, th- I mean, you know, you follow me. Mm-hmm. So punch mitts is one of my main things. And the reason that is, is, uh, so me and my boy, whose name is also Joel, ironically. Hey, you know, you know. sounds like a good guy. Yeah. Um, we would switch off. His dad taught us how to work with each other. Like, a lot of clubs do this just around here. It's not as common that I see. There's a few that practice it. Mm-hmm. But you'd break up into groups, like, two into into two people. Uh, would I say that? You'd break up into groups. And one person would hold mitts. The other would hold the boxing gloves. And then, you'd, like, every other round, you'd switch off. Yeah. So I learned how to hold punch mitts that way. Okay. You know. Yeah. And you just kind of get creative as you go along. So, uh, you know, I was always I was always pretty good on punch mitts. Like, you know, I can move. I try to mimic a fighter. Like I try to basically mirror what a fighter would do without actually like hitting you. Yeah. Like basically. 
So Ant sees me at one point. He's like, hey, man, you still holding mitts? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, well, we could use you. Uh, we could use an extra guy, man. Like the head coach there had surgery on his shoulders. I was like, okay, cool. So I went to, uh, it was Evan's Boxing Club. It was in the Madison house. Oh, I, um, I think I know where that's at. Yeah, it was in the basement. So I went oh, there. That's the the old Union Gospel Mission, right? There you go. Yep. Yeah, that's my, it. My uncle actually... Uh, he was a pastor at one point. Okay. He held his services there in that building. I, yeah, I know they do a lot of things. That they do like free lunch, free dinners, and stuff yep, like that for yeah. the kids. And this program was one of those things. It was a volunteer. And uh, I went there. And like originally, I just went there to help him, like hold mitts for him. But then I saw that they had a whole bunch of, like a whole like group of fighters Yeah, that needed work. So I started, you know, essentially I was learning how to coach by just working with different, because I was used to him. You know, he's yeah. someone I had worked with before. And then all these other fighters came up and I started like holding mitts for them and they were, and the thing with boxing is no one person is the same. You'll find similarities in each fighter, but no one fighter is the same. Like everyone has something that they're gifted at. This guy has great power. This guy has great timing. This guy has amazing defense. This yeah. dude's just super fast, you know? Yeah. And same with the women too. Mm -hmm. Women are very unpredictable, like on what their gift is, their athletic gift is going to be. Yeah. So... Yeah, I uh, I started doing that, and I never intended to to commit to it. Yeah. I it was see. just something I was helping out when I had time, which, if I'm being honest, I had a lot of time, because I didn't do much. I didn't really do much during the day. I was, Dude, I was DJing at this point, like, three to five nights a week at different bars in town. Like, this was, yeah. I'd say this was, like, the peak of my, my DJ career at the same time. Oh, okay. Peak of my DJ career, start of my coaching career. I see, okay. So, I, uh... From there, the head the head coaches wanted me to get certified through USA Boxing, mm -hmm. which requires back then you had to go to a clinic. I think you still do if you're a brand new coach. You have to go to this coaching clinic, and it's man, this this thing was like a five hour class, bro. And let me just say, it was very unnecessary for it to be five hours. And eventually, it, it did stop. Like they, I the last clinic I went to was like two hours. Oh, like, okay. this makes more sense. I'm like, why are these five hours? There was nothing. Like, like it was a lot of talking, but it wasn't anything useful. Like, nothing value, yeah, yeah, nothing. yeah. You know, so anyways, so they're like, you should get certified. So I got certified. I'm like, oh, this is for real. It's like this is real now. Um, and then the more I started working with the kids, you know, the the younger fighters, yeah, it became rewarding for me. It was something. A lot of those kids, I mean, you know, the Madison House. A lot of them are from East Yakima. Yeah, yeah. Some of them from broken homes. A lot of yeah, yeah. Yeah, lack of, you know, and I'm like, lack of resources, I, underprivileged. And, and I can honestly say in my life, I didn't, I never did much volunteer work. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it made me feel good to give back. Like, I felt like I was actually contributing. I didn't feel like I contributed shit to society as a DJ. Yeah. I felt like I was contributing to my pockets and I cared about my own spotlight. Mm -hmm. I see. Suddenly, I learned to be more selfless yeah. when I was coaching. And that's what got me to continue doing it. Now, I have coached pro fights before. Three, actually. Yeah, cool. But, uh, that was different. Even then, like, it wasn't... I mean, these were pro fights in Washington. They weren't... Yeah, like... Like, you Madison consider the time I put in. It, it, it was weird to get paid for it, but it wasn't like I was making a bunch of money to, to coach a fighter. It was still... I still was doing it because, man, this is, like... I'm now coached amateur fights, and now I'm working the corner for pro fighters. Like, just yeah. to have that under my belt. No, nah, that's not. A, that's I did it more. He could the fighter, honestly, and they know her though. There's two of them. Yeah, they could have not paid me for the fights, and I still would have been okay. I would have been like, all right. Yeah, this, definitely. 
I can say I coached a pro fight. You know, it's my I can add it to my resume. So. Yeah, absolutely. But really, yeah, it gave me it gave me something to look forward to, man. Like I said, at this point, I was DJing every night. You know, usually going to after parties. You know, just. Yeah. I was Having in a weird fun. place, yeah. How old are you then? If you don't mind me asking. It's, it's not a problem. I'm 35. 35? Yeah. Well, no, back then when oh, you were... Oh, I was 26? 26. Okay. Yeah. 25 going on 26. I want to say, yeah, it was like eight, nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 25 going on 26. So, yeah, man, it was... I was still a, a fair, relatively young guy. Yeah, okay. you know. Not absolutely. that I'm You're still young, shit, absolutely. Yeah, no, you you're know. absolutely young. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. That's cool. I... Yeah, I, I respect the fact that you, you know, going through that journey, you're able mm-hmm. to find something that helped you, you know, contribute back into, yeah. you know, the community. Because to be honest, man, like, I mean, the coaches that I've had, like, mm-hmm. you know, it really, you know, they really do something for for you, you know, even if they're not necessarily like, you know, the best at it or something, you know what I'm saying? Like a coach is definitely an honorable position to, to me, have. The, the best coaches are the ones who, there's coaches out there. That don't, that some, some of them do do it for themselves. Like some of them want, they want to be in that hall of fame someday. Yeah, absolutely. But I wasn't one of them. I can say I still, I'm still not like most people don't know. I'm, I do boxing unless they ask, like, you know that, like, unless, or they follow me and they see that and they're like, wait, you're, you're Uh into boxing. I'm like, yeah, man. But it's not something I go around. So I really, I really don't go around talking about it. Like, uh, we have heavy bags at my job at, at the gym I work at. Yeah. You know, I won't say which one. But <laughs> we've had heavy bags there. And the only time I'll say something is like if I see someone looking like they're going to hurt themselves. And even then, I do it as humbly as I can. I'm, I'm just like, hey, man, turn your hand over. Or, you know, like, yeah. make sure you, you know, or you might want to wrap your hands. Like, Yeah, absolutely. But then they're like, but then they're like oh, well, oh, yeah, thanks. Like, how do you, then like they'll ask me how I know about it you know yeah and then you know and i even then i'm like oh i just you know i just saw it and they're like oh okay but they really (laughs) grill me i'll be like okay so i coached boxing yeah and yeah it's uh it's just it was nice to have something to look forward to every day you know this pandemic has definitely yeah it's sort of taken that away actually but uh i still found ways to you know make it happen yeah exactly i feel it i feel it yeah man i actually have a punching bag and you know we just moved recently. I had I, was, I had a spot at my old spot um, where I could set up the bag and. Uh, yeah, I remember you used to hit me up for drills. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that because yeah, I did. Of course, I, I did. I, I remember downloading the app and. Uh, so at my job, another thing like how I said it's getting weird. Not to cut you off. No, to say good, like yeah. how it was weird to get paid for it. Uh, I did private boxing lessons at my at my job at the gym. Yeah, you know they they were super generous with me. They're like, dude, you know that I work. I trained the owner a little bit. And he's like, dude, why don't you just, why don't you give these lessons out, man? You can make, you know, he's like, he's a businessman. Yeah. He's like, this is lucrative. And it's still weird for me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it could be. Could be, yeah. But no, people are, I've had a few clients. Um, I just have one right now. But Yeah, that's good. That's uh, good. Still, though, like most of them got something out of it, you know, like yeah, uh, cardio and it's, they felt empowered. Yeah. Uh, it's just something I never really think about. Boxing is amazing cardio, as you know. Like, yeah, it's, absolutely. You know the bag. You just made me think of it because of bag drills and stuff like that. That's man. And I mean, so much more too. Especially yeah. like, I mean, I I have you know my background when it comes to like mixed martial arts mm-hmm. or just fighting in general is you know wrestling and uh, taekwondo. Um, a little bit of you know trainings here and there with you know MMA and whatnot. But 
Um, and actually, a couple uh, boxing classes, like probably one or two out of my whole, you know, life. Did you ever go to like one of the clubs, like White Pal or? Um, no, actually. So I did train down in there um, with that one coach. I forgot his name. I know. I'm pretty sure you know who he is. Uh, but the one at um, the Madison Square. Um, Madison House. The Madison House. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking Madison Damn, Square. Damn, bro, you train Madison Square, man. You do uh, big things, bro. You know, hey, you know. Uh, yeah, Eddie or John. Uh, Eddie. Yep. I was with Eddie. And yeah. um, yeah. Shout so out I, to Eddie Ford, man. Good dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I know he's trained a couple of Golden Glove fighters. You know. Oh in, yeah. In uh, in the youth, uh, I actually wrestled one of them, and yeah, you could definitely felt. I felt he was a boxer. Jose? Yeah, <laughs> Jose Rocha. Yeah, I trained him too. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the pro fighters I worked with. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, man. Um, Small world, man. Shout out to Jose, man. I shout out Rocha. Yeah, I. Yeah. We had a takedown tournament, and uh, yeah, man, he was just you know, I mean, obviously we were wrestling, you know, wasn't a um, boxing match, but like he was like you know doing some head movements, you know, top of my head, and it felt like a jab. It felt like a solid jab, but um. Yeah, but you know, it was fun. It was cool. It was cool uh, wrestling with him, and you know, getting to know who he was after that. I was like, oh shit, I didn't know. I didn't realize you're a Golden Glove boxer. You know, I'm over here just, you know, just wrestling another dude in my mind. But oh yeah, as a, man, he was a sick amateur fighter, bro. Like he traveled all over to you know Vegas, Texas. Like, yeah, he did in like regionals, nationals. Yeah, I think so, I seen a couple of his posts of him out there doing it. Yeah, he was he was definitely about that life. Yeah. Um, He's doing well now, though, man. I mean, he's a he's a he's an activist now. I don't know if you follow him. Uh, yeah, I was actually yeah. uh, I was there when he, he he's transitioned well. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen his his trolling on the internet. Oh man, <laughs> he is famous for that. Like, yeah, he's told me so many times. He's like, yeah, I got shadow banned again. Like, oh yeah, so. It was yeah. like a regular. Till there was a point where it just like he started keeping score of how many times it happened. Oh really? Oh yeah. wow! You know, hey, <laughs> keeping track of something, I guess you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, so you, I, I'd imagine you probably had multiple fighters under your under your your reign of yeah. coaching. I don't know if it's quite double digits, but I mean, in my years of like working fights, yeah. Yeah. Like, how? Uh, like okay, so that's kind of a loaded question. People that actually competed, like corners I've worked, not as many as you think, but just kids that I've trained. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dozens, man. What, what, what's been the longest? I can tell you just about every club you named off, except for one I've worked, I've coached at most of them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So Nice, nice. Yeah. What What is the longest uh, kid that you've kept with or, you know, um, boxer you've had? Um, his name's Austin. Austin. Yeah, he's a southpaw. Yeah. I probably had the strongest bond with him, man. Like the kid was an amazing fighter. Uh, yeah. He's good now, man. He he got his education yeah, and all that. Nice. So, you know, he's moving forward with his life. But yeah, that kid was just natural power. Yeah. Something you can't train. Yeah. He had power. So right off the bat, when I held punch mitts for him, he whacked my hand. And he was a he was maybe 120, 115. At this oh, point, he was smaller, but the fact that he could wrench my hand back so hard. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. He, I mean, me and you are heavier set dudes, man. Yeah. Like, we both got that running back build. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so yeah, for him to move me, I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Um, but yeah, he was probably the one I was, uh, him and then another kid named Adolfo. We called him Pollo. Pollo, okay. I was with Pollo uh, for five fights. He, uh, His record was four and one before he hung it up. And same thing, he got his education, really into. He's very religious now. Yeah. 
So nice. yeah, they're doing good. I can say that much. Yeah. So even so, even if they didn't continue with boxing, like they did all right for themselves in life. Um, yeah, Austin, I was with him for like twenty fights. Twenty fights. Wow. Yeah. What like in a time in a time span of years like was uh, three or like four? Two, yeah, okay, yeah. three or four. And Boya was kind of he, they kind of cross over because they trained together. Like, yeah, but I'd say Boya was the first kid I ever trained. Okay. Yeah, he was the first one that like from the ground up. Oh, because I've worked with fighters that like Rocha, for example. I, yeah, I coached him, but he was already yeah established. Some, yeah, yeah. So that's one thing about coaching. Like if somebody's already established. I don't ever really take credit, like even if I if they've had success under me, because I'm like you already had the tools. Yeah, I just found a way for you to use them to their their full effectiveness. Which, and this is just me being the humble guy that I am. Like I can never, I never really took credit for that. Like Boyo Austin, those kids didn't have any prior boxing experience, and you know had pretty good success. Mm-hmm. You know, and from like I said, from the ground up. To me, if you can take a person from the ground up that's never fought or, you know, done a combative sport and make them, you know, get them to a high level where they're competing in tournaments and all that, yeah. like, you, you're doing something right. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, so, I would agree. Yeah. Um, but even then, like, it's a challenge to work with fighters that are already trained, that are already established, that already have fights. Because it's a rhythm thing with boxing. Like, mm-hmm. their rhythm might be different than yours. Yeah. They were trained differently than how you train somebody. Like every coach, you'll find similarities in their philosophy. You know, keep your hands up, you know, defense. But how they execute is always going to be different. Like me, I've always had a, a, it's a precision and timing with me. Mm -hmm. Not wasting a shot, but really just timing your shots and not just throwing flurries. I've always lived by that philosophy. Like, Making sure that a fighter, like, I teach fighters to throw shots that they're realistically going to use in competition. I see. You know? Even those high-set combinations you see me do, like, like, I train those off of a counterpunch usually. Mm -hmm. Um, You have some coaches that want nothing but speed. Yeah. Some coaches that are going to sit there and train you with power. They're going to give you a lot of core exercises and whatnot. Yeah. I do a little mix of some of that, but yeah, for the most part, it's always with me been precision and timing. Okay. I like Throwing that. a shot you intend to land. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and not waste. And, uh, you know, not, uh, not fighting lazy. I hate, I hate lazy fighting. Yeah. So Roy Jones, that's, that's the thing. You know, he, you saw how he was, I mean, he had reflexes was the thing. But I hate cocky fighters that drop their hands. I see. It's always annoyed me. I don't care how good you are. Like, it just pisses me off. Yeah. Because it always, always, always catches up with you at some point. Even if you don't lose a fight, you get checked pretty good eventually. And people are like, that's why you don't do that shit. Yeah, that's to keep your hands There we go. Like, I don't like people that showboat. Yeah. But that's part of my personality too, man. I, I'm not big on cockiness, so. Yeah. Which, you know, respectfully so. Yeah, you, you play football, man. Like. So you compare it to this. You played football. Were cornerbacks and receivers not the loudest people on the damn field? Yeah, they're they're definitely. Think about it. Really think about it. Linebackers talk shit too, but I feel like corners and receivers. They were the. Yeah, man, they were the loudest ones on the field. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or you got that kid that thinks he's really good and he's just really not, and he's also. If you're a running back, man, and you see this corner is, 
you will purposely run his way to see if he'll try to tackle you sometimes just because he's talking so much shit. And then if you're on the other end of that, like a receiver. Yeah. He's going yeah. off. Yeah, I feel that. Like, I got hands. You know, okay, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Show me. <laughs> you know, so. So, with your whole experience of, like, you know, especially with, your, you know, those two fighters. like, yeah. um, You know, making them better. You know what I'm saying? Coaching them how to be better. Yeah. Um, what are some of the, like, what are some of the harder things, you know, that you encountered with them that was, like, something, you know, like, they were stuck on? Like, was there ever, like, a technique or a form or something that it was hard for them to overcome and you guys had to sit there and really work on it? Like, what what was it that... Well, with all my fighters, sometimes they, you know, they'd sacrifice their defense. they get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And the thing in amateur boxing, it's it's a pro system now. <laughs> uh, you know, 10-9 rounds type deal. Okay. But someone can beat you. See Floyd Mayweather. Someone can beat you just jabbing you most of the time. Yeah. Because a judge sees that. They see it as dominance, you know. Mm. So sometimes, like, I get frustrated with fighters that sacrifice their defense out of frustration because they're, they're trying to find that shot, you know, to take someone down. Yeah. And then on the other opposite end of the spectrum, I've had fighters that remember the lazy fighting I told you about. Yeah, that weren't throwing at all. Like they'd either get too intimidated, which uh, I don't judge them for. I understand it. They'd either get too intimidated or they get gassed out. Yeah, which is a danger. This is why. So that's another thing. I, I precision timing and cardio should be there. We go PTC. I just PTC. created my philosophy. But cardio, I like it. Cardio is everything. Even if you're a big dude, I expect I expect your cardio to be peak. Yeah. You know, which is possible. You know, don't, yeah, exactly. For anyone out there listening, you're a big dude, and you think you can't get your cardio? That's bullshit, bro. I've seen some big dudes that shock the hell out of me, man. Like, yeah, you know that that do things they shouldn't. But, uh, yeah, cardio is just to me the biggest thing. Like, if you don't have great cardio, you can be flashy all you want. Yeah, but it's gonna last you one round. That's true. That's true. And after you gas out. You that's, know, that's it. That's You're it. Done. You're done. You know? you know. So yeah, laziness is a. That's usually what triggers laziness is just someone not not having the the wind to throw any more punches, and they're just they're kind of in that fetal position defense, just kind of covering up, and just looking for that shot. Yeah. You know, thinking I'm like no. I see. Because you only have three rounds. Yeah. In an yeah. amateur fight, you have three three minute rounds, and that's not that's not enough. That's if you're an open fighter. If you're so open fighter, ten plus fights. If you have under ten fights, you have three twos. Oh dang! So you got to show out. This is the thing about amateur boxing. Like on the outside looking in, it seems like an easy concept, but I'm like, no, nah, man, you only got three rounds to show out. Yeah. Um, and you know, when we're actually training, like when we're doing sparring sessions, we actually have fighters go five to six rounds to compensate. Like, oh, I see. If you can last five to six three minute rounds, even if you're uh, not an open fighter and you're fighting twos, we'll still make you go threes. Yeah. We train on threes no matter what. I believe in that. There was one gym that didn't do it. Like, they would they would leave it on the two-minute. But, no, forget that. I I always believe in keeping the timer on three minutes. Yeah. Even with the younger kids. Because yeah. those, ge- those guys are going to grow up eventually. Be doing you might, three rounds. Yeah, you start them young. Minutes. But uh, we don't – so the little guys, like the eight, nine-year-olds, we don't make them spar with three-minute rounds, but we do make them train with it. So if they're doing mitts or oh, any I kind see. of footwork drill – uh, when they spar, we, we we give them like so it's like minute minute and a half rounds because that's oh, what they're we give them what they're realistically going to be fighting. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to overwhelm them. 
Yeah. But the sense. training exercises, yeah, they're still doing three minute rounds. Um, and you, you pace a little bit differently depending on the fighter too. Um, me being a big dude myself, I'll pace a big dude, but what I'll make him do is work on his defense. Yeah. So if I have punch mitts on, I'm going to make him slip, slip, duck, block, you know, protect his body. That, that, I'm going to make him do a lot. And then I'm going to make him, you know, work on his counter punching. I'm going to train him to what I think his strengths are going to be. Um, but again, sometimes I've had big dudes that can, that have wind. Yeah. So, but if he's a big dude that just has like a, just a couple of haymakers and then he gasses out, I'll make him do a lot of defensive stuff and then I'll start adding combinations to build on. I see. So that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. So your, your journey and experience of, you know, you know, building up these fighters, mm-hmm. um, you know, how, how is that, how does that translate in, um, you know, you becoming better for yourself, you know, like the times that you've, sat back and you're like you know i want to be better at this like does coaching help you look at yourself in a different limelight it definitely helps me reflect yeah because i go okay what am i i never hold it against a fighter i'm like what am i doing wrong i've always looked at that ask anyone that i've worked with like if they lose i take it personally yeah like yeah I, i chew them out on some things but ultimately i'm like where did i where did i go wrong like i try to fix the the flaw in my coaching yeah um i'm hard on myself like i'm my own worst critic i'm very hard on myself but i'm always even as a coach i'm still learning myself you know yeah even after you know almost a decade like it's something that you you can always add um it helps me better myself in the sense that uh i i know that i need to keep being creative for someone to stay interested uh, I see. Um, and then even like new people to stay interested. Uh, it can get overwhelming. I mean, the thing with volunteer boxing, volunteer coaching for boxing. I worked at some clubs where you get just too many kids or too many people. And boxing's not uniform. So you took Taekwondo and yeah. Yeah. So things like Taekwondo and karate, no, not, not knocking them at all. Like they're very good martial arts, but you can teach them in a uniform session. Yeah, absolutely. The whole class is together yeah. in unison. Boxing, you can do certain drills in a uniform style session, but you can't. You'll you won't get the best out of people. Yeah. So my own OCD is it's hard for me to do uniform sessions. The only thing I can do as a group really is drills. Yeah. Footwork drills, cardio drills. Yeah. Strength workouts. I can do that all in groups, but as far as the individual, like as far as punching and defense, I have to work with every fighter. So it. <sighs> You you get you find ways to get creative. You start creating stations. Yeah. So depending on how many heavy bags you have in a gym, you you have this many people on a heavy on heavy bags. You have this many people doing cone drills, working on their footwork. Yeah. You have. Uh, I mean, if you most gyms I've ever been to in Yakima don't have more than one or two speed bags. Uh, I would love to have like six speed bags in one gym and then have that be a workout too, because that's hand eye coordination. Yeah. And double end bags, the ones that are on the bungee cords. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That works on hand-eye coordination too. So yeah, you just kind of get creative station-wise. And then you have a coach on punch mitts. I mean, ideally you'd like to have a group, but sometimes if it's just one guy, which I've done. Yeah. I've been I've I've had to train forty kids at one time, man. Wow. 
That's oh, a lot. Oh, gosh. I, I was ready to tear my hair out, man. <laughs> I bet. You know, bless their hearts, man. I just, yeah, it can get really difficult. Especially, like, you think about the attention span of an eight-year-old versus, like, a teenager. Yes. Um, they can't keep focus for as long. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's the problem. These These are free programs, so... Your resources are so, so limited. You know, you, I was grateful for like a lot of the stuff I did, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I was usually in a good situation. But I mean, those times where I was by myself. Whew, can imagine. That can drain you. Yeah. That can, you know, your morale can go down real quick. Because <laughs> you're just as creative as you can get. Like, it's like, man, this, this is just a lot of people to to Dude. try to make better. Yeah, absolutely. And you never want to... uh you never want to ostracize one person. You know that that does that's not just boxing. Any sports, you never want to ostracize one person because everyone else sees it. Yeah. Um, I've had to explain this. People know and they recognize. I've had this discussion with fighters like, why does the why does head coach so and so like this person so much? And I just try to go. To my defense, I, I would never roll them under the bus. I'm like, oh well, you know, this person's getting ready for a, a fight or a tournament. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest, it was, a lot of times it was just ostracizing. Yeah, just picking favorites. Yeah, because to me, I'm like, you never know what that person's going to be. You never know that kid you're not working with. Man, he could be the next Floyd Mayweather, the next Mike Tyson, the next Muhammad Ali. Like, you never know what that kid's going to be. So, try to find balance. Try to find a way to, you know, get your working with each other. I always did. Like, that's one thing I can say with pride. Yeah. Is I tried to find each kid's potential. Like, I'd never ostracized one fighter. There were fighters that you knew I was familiar with. I'll say that much yeah. to anyone that's going to call me out. Uh, yeah. There's definitely fighters that I saw that I you just, they knew my rhythm. That's all it was. But I was never stingy where I was like, oh, I'm just going to work with this fighter. No. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think everyone has potential. And then I will say this. This is the hard truth about boxing, too. Boxing's not for everyone. Yeah. Some people, well, you know, with MMA, some people are better grapplers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sometimes people need a discipline like Taekwondo or karate where you can learn in a group. Yeah. Sometimes people need that, that kind of matching. Yeah. Uh, you know, boxing, I mean, you give it a try, but it's not for everyone. It's not a sport that, like, anyone can just pick up and do. It takes a certain mindset to want to get in a ring and throw punches and try not to get hit. It takes a certain kind of mindset to do that. I've seen some kids that can look great on punchments. You know, they look all flashy. Like when you see Floyd Mayweather and uh, Roger, his uncle, you know, rest in peace, Roger Mayweather. But when Roger and Floyd work, those exhibitions are dope. I've seen some kids that you can look dope, but they get in the ring and they they can't. They are not performing. They can't break a grape in a fruit fight. You know what I'm saying? Like they they can't perform. They just clam up. Yeah. So. Uh, Yeah, I've. I've, I've, There's levels to this. Joel, I believe that levels. No, I believe that reminds me. There is a, there was a, there was an, uh, a kid on our football team. Uh, this dude was yoked, and when it came to practice, man, he was running every one of us over, man, even me. And I what? was, yeah, man, like I remember one time he hurt my neck, and he, I swear, he just barely tapped me, and it was just a shoulder pad. You know what I mean? And like, were you guys doing blocking drills or what? Uh, it was kickoff. Okay, so yeah, I mean, he was, he was, yeah, he was, he was running down full speed. You know, his, let me uh, just say for the record, special teams is the most underrated shit. <laughs> yeah, if man, that's that's where I, I know some guys who played special teams their whole lives and they don't regret it, man. Like I always got to hit somebody. Yeah, no, dude, that's <laughs> that's where boys become men. Absolutely. Special teams, special teams. Man. Yeah, I feel like people don't appreciate. It. They watch it on TV, like oh, kickoff. I'm like, yeah, no, it's like 
I, lately, though, I feel like the NFL the last couple of years, kickoffs have been really unpredictable, man, because you get fumbles and... Yeah, you know, some flashy... People trying to run laterals and... Yeah. Yeah, bro. But yeah, no, so yeah, you know, that that dude, he was hard, hard in practice, man. Like, definitely very intimidating in practice. Every, every time came game night, he just wouldn't show out. You know, something was going on. He was fumbling. He disappeared. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, come on. You could hurt every single player on your team. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, at least, you know make them feel some type of way and come come to Friday Night Lights, you're not showing out for us? Like, what, what kind of bullshit is that? And then there was our coach. Bro, and you played 4A too, so that's a big deal. Yeah, and then yeah. honestly, he was, a, he, was a key, he was a huge key player. Yeah. Like, if he was going as hard as he was in practice, man, we would have been we would have been a different team, you know? And even then, we were still a good team. I was going to say, I know your rival school. I know through the years, your rival school, I wouldn't even name drop him. Yeah. Uh. But I know y'all beat them like every time. Yeah. I know quarterbacks from that rival school that I asked him was like, so what was that rivalry like? He's like, you mean them kicking our asses every I don't know what to tell you. Like, what do you want me to say? So Hey, no, was it? There was there was a year they I think I mean my senior year. Yeah. That was it was dope, man. My senior year, uh, you know, shout out to the class of twenty twelve on all spectrums. Um we uh we sold out Zephyl Stadium. And I remember, what? yeah, dude, it was crazy. We sold out Zephyl Stadium, and there's people lined up outside the fence just to watch that game, dude. So the that rival, the rival game, that rival game, dude. And I remember, I remember hyping everyone out. You know, that was my thing. I, I you know, I, as you can tell, it led me here. But you know, I, I remember in, being in the circle. Wait, wait, wait. Cooper Cup played on that rival team, correct? Yeah, he sure did. Okay, was, so things are actually making yeah, a little bit more sense. Shout, shout out to Cooper Cup. Yes, <laughs> he, you know, he's he's a kid from Yakima and. You know, respect. I tip my hat out to him. He uh, definitely. You can watch him on TV anytime the Rams play people. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, man, it, that was a that was a really fun game. Very interesting game. Um, you know, if you we, can never find footage, bro. I would seriously love to watch that. Oh, uh, I yeah, I need to. I need to. I need because from my era, coach. like I'm 2004. Yeah. So from my era and like even like five six years after, man, like yeah, that wasn't really a rivalry, man. That was just yeah. No, yeah, that's that's what it was. That's what I remember yeah. too. Was that Davis. You know, there you go. There you go. Name dropping. But there you go. You know, um they definitely uh you know, they had that that record of losing. Oh, yeah. But you know, I think, you know, it came closer to like my my sophomore junior year. They were definitely they you know, you didn't you didn't count them out. You know, they were mm-hmm. definitely making something with their team and then um, but you know, and then it came on. See, our, basketball was a different story. Basketball, absolutely. Yeah, they took it every <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I shouldn't say every time, but no, I you know, heard there were some battles. There, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, there definitely was. You know, um, and they did. You know, they did take state. Uh, I think senior, our senior year as well. Uh, shout out to them for doing that. It's a huge accomplishment. You know, pinning pinning Yakima. Yeah, Cup was on that team too. Yeah, he was, huh? You know, so yeah, but yeah, you know, going back to ostracizing and you know, yeah. having focusing on that one, you know. Player, so this dude, athlete. coach loved this dude. I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, and uh, he lo- loved him a lot. Uh, you know, with reason. Uh, obviously, you know, he had a career in football. You know, in the future outside of high school. Oh, he played college. Uh, he did, but I, I don't think he went anywhere after okay. that. You know, what I'm saying, but you know, shout out hey, to him. Hey, if he got a scholarship out of it, bro, I mean, I think so. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he did. That's um, something. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying, you know, I, I don't know if he got a full ride or if it was just something, but you know. You know, it's still an accomplishment nonetheless. But, yeah, you know, and you I mean, not even just that player. There was a couple other players that definitely, you know, got the favorites. And it's like, man, why are you doing it? Like, they're not doing good in school. You know what I'm saying? Like, half the time, we didn't even know if these guys are going to be able to play. Yet, you're over here, you know, 
you know, holding their hand during practice while you're making everyone else run yeah. and suffer for their, you know, their decision making. So it's, I, I can see where, you know, like everyone does see that. You're absolutely right. Everyone does see. And the here's favorites. another thing. Since I'm just venting. <laughs> with ostracizing one fighter and you have other assistant coaches that work with you. I've always been the closest. I can say, like, I've always been the, the right hand when it comes to, like, there'll be other coaches, but I've always been the, the second. Yeah, you know? okay, yeah. So, so when you ostracize that one fighter, sometimes that fighter develops this demeanor where they think they don't have to listen to the other coaches in, yeah. in the building. I'm sh- Even in football, I'm sure you get that. Like, yeah, yeah. Because you, yeah. got, you got a running backs coach. You have a special teams coach. You know, yeah, depending yeah. on how big your school is you've got literally you know coaches for every position quarterbacks receivers yeah yeah so when you ostracize this one person and another coach tries to give advice they're like why do i have to listen to you like huh you ain't the head coach head coach says i'm doing everything right you know like you can't really give feet it's hard for you to give feedback yeah when that fighter is being told by the head coach how great he is and and that really you know, does how well he's doing. That really it's, does hinder yeah. their their ability. That's not all though. That's not all fighters though. Like I can honestly say, there's a few that that I dealt with that were fine. They were very. They were always humble. Yeah, they had good. humility. The yeah, whole time. absolutely. But some though, yeah. Or if they came in, and that's another thing. I've because like I said, I've trained. I've been a coach at a few different clubs now. Yeah. Not. It's something I'm actually not proud of. Like, let me just air that out there. Like. Well, Madison House had shut down. Mm-hmm. That club shut down. Yeah. Uh, we moved to Eagles. That didn't work out for me. Uh, yeah. Just some things near the end of my tenure there. Just everything kind of fell apart. I see. I ended up at YPL reluctantly. Yeah. Um, but the head coach there asked me for my help. And I was like, yeah, I kind of miss it. Yeah. And it, it turned out to be pretty rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. There's still kids I work, you know, till even right now that hit me up like, Dom, can I get a session in with you? You know. So I'll take him to Franklin or I'll, you know, bring him to my job where I have like that nice turf area you always see. Yeah. Absolutely. And get some working with them, you know, just just cause because I miss it. Yeah, I've been wanting I've been wanting to hit you up myself to get get my my You hands need only ask, bro. I got you. I got you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, because it's been a while. Like I, I really miss it, man. Like mm-hmm. uh you see me in the gym, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You see me at one point and I enjoyed it, obviously, you know what I'm I saying? See, I seen you with Uniquester. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Him doing his thing, getting swole. Oh. But there's just something about it, man. I, uh, there's just not, I mean, no, no disrespect to any, uh, you know, uh, weightlifter or anything yeah. out there, but like, there's just, there's a certain level of intensity that's not there for me. Mm-hmm. I'm very aggressive when it comes to it. Like, when it comes to like, man, I saw what you looked like in high school, dog. Like, yeah. You know, like, shout out to Nate. Yeah. He my- showed me a picture of you. Absolutely. Both of you. And I was like, whoa. Uh, looking like twins. Huh? Y'all were similar in build. I was like, holy shit. Was yeah, like, man. like, yeah. He's like, that is Joel. Like, he made it a point. <laughs> like, what did you do? Like, that is Joel. Like, almost like he was shaming you without you being there. Yeah. Oh, that's what's <laughs> up. You know. God, I love my boy, man. Shout yeah. out to Nate, man. It was good, man. I, like, I remember, I remember my freshman year. Um, what, what were we running? We were running, like. Did you ever time your 40? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we had our little combines okay. in high school. Um, I think the fastest that I got, maybe I think if I remember correctly, my fastest was probably maybe uh, like a four eight, which you know is Jesus, bro. I think I don't know. You That's know not terrible. No, yeah, you know, like, but it it I I did get it. I've I, never tied my forty. Fun yeah. fact: 
I'm pretty sure I'd be like a five six or a five seven. Like I've yeah. never timed it. Yeah, I have it's... a weird run style too, though. Like I don't high step. No. You know Taysom Hill? Yeah, he kind of has a he. He's the he's the the backup quarterback on the. Well, I think he might be the starter now, but for the Saints, my friend Zach always calls him a bow legged idiot. But if you watch him run. He has a funny run style. Like, he doesn't high step either. He just kind of shuffles his feet. Yeah. But somehow it works for him. My run style is similar to that, not as athletic, but I don't really high step, but I just kind of. Yeah, just kind of. Quick yeah. step, yeah. Because yeah. I got little ass legs, so. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my sophomore, no, my junior year, I, uh, I tore my meniscus. Okay. And, uh, after that, man, I think my, my, my 40 yard. After my senior year, uh, was like a five two. Like I, I packed on a lot of weight and yeah. like I definitely slowed up. And yeah, it was it was it was shitty. My senior year wasn't my. That's greatest. always dangerous too. So I'm guessing you you're like me. You naturally have big boy genetics. Right? I do yep. absolutely. I've always been on the thicker side of things. Uh, my mom was a heavier. She's not now. She was a heavier set lady though most of her life. Yeah, you know she she handled it though. She she dieted and all that. But nice, nice. But her, you know, her family was big. Yeah. My dad's family wasn't big, but they weren't like super in shape either. I see. They were kind of small pygmy people. If yeah. You will. Can I say that? Anyways. <laughs> it's all right. You said no. They, they were they were small, not not obese, but not in great shape. I don't know how to say that. Like they just they weren't athletes really on my dad's side of the I family. See. Okay. But and my mom's side, they weren't pure athletes. But they were stubborn as shit. That's where I get it from. So oh, I, I was always hard headed. That's what it was. Like I was never I never considered myself a great athlete. They're like, what's your greatest attribute? I'm like, I'm stubborn. If I'm I'm competitive and I'm stubborn. Yeah. You know. So I'll push myself as far as my body can go. I see. Yeah, I will absolutely. max my body out as yeah. hard as I can go. I'm I'm kind of like that too. Yeah. And that's that's where I that's where the intensity comes from. Like, like if you challenge me, especially, like Yeah, especially um, yeah. There's another thing we can talk about. You have, <laughs> oh, this is awesome. You have yes man coaches. Yeah. And this is any sport. Uh, and then you have coaches that are just more X. There's X's and O's. They're discipline. Mm-hmm. You know. They're not super personable. Yeah. But they know what they're doing. So okay, I always thought of. I'm not knocking him. He's a good coach. But I've always thought of Pete Carroll as a yes man. Like you see how he is with his players, he interacts yeah, with them. Yeah, he's Bill Belichick. That's a not a yes man. No, absolutely not. He would chew out Tom Brady. Like you can watch <laughs> interviews, and yeah. people were shocked. This is Brady that already won three of yeah three rings, and yeah. he chew out Tom Brady. You know, I and I respect those coaches because I feel like those coaches. Yes, have... I respond. I don't respond to. I never responded to yes men coaches. The, the I coaches coach I responded like to growing up when any sport I was doing. Were those ones that were hard on me because I felt like I was being challenged. I felt like I was bettering myself because of it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I had a coach like that. Yeah. Sh- shout out real quick to Coach Menes. Uh, I don't know if you ever listen, if you are listening to this, or if you ever will listen to this, but he was a great coach, phenomenal mm-hmm. coach. He definitely was the X and O coach. Like you yeah. know, very knowledgeable. You know, he he did the film and everything, and like he was just able to have that authority and that respect. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like. The kids on that team, whether you're a jokester or not, like you, you respected Coach Menes. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he was a really good coach. Like he just definitely was able to, um, you know, like coach someone and help build them. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Uh, compared, especially compared to our other coaches, <sighs> I definitely he didn't he didn't have the the favorites. You know what I'm saying? Like he he you could tell he had those he had the eye for the kids that were really good. But he had the ones he was familiar with, like he knew. Yeah, you know, you know and he, he obviously respected the kids. That and that's any coach you hard. have to recognize somebody that stands out. Yeah, like you have to. Yeah, but true. you can do it without just giving all your time to that person. Yeah, you know, I feel that. So, yeah, man. So that's that's awesome, man. Like, um, it it kind of applies in boxing to the the yes man versus X and O. Um, shout out to my boy Rafe. He's actually the one that coined yes man X. Like, yes man was already there, but X's and O's. I was like, how do you describe Belichick? He's like, he's an X's and O's coach. He doesn't care about re- personal relationships with the yeah. players. So, I mean, I did have, I did build bonds with the fighters. It's hard not to. But I can honestly say, you know, just getting personal here, I tried, I try not to. Like, I've always been, I've always come off really cold. A lot of people will tell you that. Yeah. Even at my job, I'm, I'm the surly one, I'm the Ron Swanson. Yeah. at the gym like i'm even though when you get to but when you get to know me i'm actually a pretty chill guy you know this from experience yeah i'm very i can be deep it's just i've always been defensive like i've always had my guard up yeah i live my life by that boxing philosophy keep your hands up at all times no one don't let anyone in you know yeah but as i've gotten older i've, I've definitely softened up yeah but what it is too is i never i would see those coaches that would ostracize even like growing up in other sports i did and I never wanted to be that coach. Yeah. So that's part of where it came from. So I came off as being cold to everyone, but what I tried to do is just balance it, you know. Because some of those kids have bad days. They're yeah. human. Yeah. They're human at the end of the day. That's true. So I knew when to be, I knew when to turn it off. Yeah. But for the most part, when you see me in coach mode, I'm very serious. I'm very stern. Yeah. But I know when to turn it off and when to turn it on, you know. So that's it's good. just having balance. Yeah. I can be a yes man if someone really needs it. Yeah. But I'm not going to make that my predominant philosophy to just be like, yeah. Yeah. Doing awesome. Oh, that wasn't so bad. You're improved. No. I'll be like, that jab was terrible, bro. Snap that jab, you know. Turn their punches over. What are you doing? I Literally, that's how I've talked to a lot of my fighters. Yeah. And like listening to myself do it right now, it it is kind of dickheadish, but... But I mean well. No, that's I always know. mean well. It's never intentional. That's what I and that's I explain that to fighters. I'm like, hey, if I'm coming off hard on you, like I don't mean it. Like I don't hate you. <laughs> yeah, I've actually had to physically tell you fighters I don't dislike you. Like it's, I want you to get better. You know. Yeah. I feel, I feel so. Like I'm it. like I'm fixating on you on this one punch you're not mastering. Yeah. You know, and that can be stressful. But that's you know, make sure. Just knowing how to talk. That's coaching in general. Like just knowing how to talk to somebody. Like, yeah. Like knowing how to uh get through to them. Yeah, absolutely. You know. If you if you had to give um like any advice for any coaches out there or even mentors out there on how to make their student or their athlete better, what what kind of advice would you give them? Baby steps. Work with them slow. Yeah. I do this now, even with like my my uh, personal training or box fit clients, if you will. Mm-hmm. Build slow and just th- so you can gauge where they're at. Yeah. Show them, you know, the basics, or if they're already established, do a few rounds with them. Um. Or you know, have them run a few drills, depending on the sport you're doing. Just do some drills with them, and you can kind of gauge what they need to work on. But you always want to. You always want to step back and let them work 
Yeah. And then go from there. Don't just assume they need improvement in, you know, this area, that area. Mm-hmm. You got to gauge it first. So. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. That's good advice. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it first from Coach Dom here on Joe's Mind. Well, that's another thing real quick that I'm not used to. Like, I getting called coach. Yeah. I have guys now, you know, fighters I'm friends with on social media. They're like, what's up, coach? I'm still not used to it. After eight, nine, yeah, around nine years, I'm still just, I've never, it's weird to me. Yeah. It feels good at the same time. I almost, I almost like when people are like, what up, coach? Versus DJ Dome, all obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a little when more people, respect. With, yeah, there you, know. you go. I feel the respect when someone calls me coach. When someone says DJ Dom, I don't know if they're mocking me yeah, I, or I, hyping me up. Because yeah. it's a 50-50 chance. Yeah, it's double-edged sword. Yeah, and especially being a local entertainer, it's just... Because most people are like, man, local entertainers ain't shit. Yeah, I can, I can see that. <laughs> especially, especially around here, man. Yeah. You know, I, I've... I've been to Jackson's a few nights when, you know, you were a DJ. And, and yeah, you took selfies with me and shit. It was cool. I did, yeah, I did. You know, I had to make sure, got some document, documentary, you know. But, yeah, there's definitely some uh, some local entertainers that have their own playlist and they don't ever fucking switch it. And, you know, you can only hear fucking... Diversity, Lil, man. You can hear Lil John only so many times in one night. And to their defense, I'll speak, yeah, even DJs in Yakima that I don't fuck with. Uh, not to you know veer off topic too much, but the city we live in is such a small demograph. Mm-hmm. You fall into that trap mainly because of your crowd. Yeah, which makes sense. And Yakima's. Definitely- if you have a predominantly Spanish dude anywhere in Yakima, you're playing a bunch of reggaeton. Yeah, and you know some other shit. Which is you know it's good. It's, mm-hmm. It gets the gets the crowd going. I you know I fuck with it. Yeah, but there's yeah I feel like there's a there's a genre and then. Older you music. eventually get used to that. You're like, oh, these people are about to come in. It's a mental thing. You're like, these people are about to come in right now, so I got to start playing, catering to this crowd. Yeah. Uh, even DJing has a similarity to coaching. You kind of got to gauge your crowd. Like, yeah. Yeah, you got to know who you're working yeah. with. Um, and people, that. some DJs freak out. It's, and yeah, Yakima, it's just such a small demograph. If the crowd's not dancing immediately, a lot of DJs freak out and they start breaking a sweat. I used to be like that, you know. 15 years ago when I first started. Yeah. But eventually I just got to the point where I'm like, nah, you got to hook one. Once you hook one group, you got to build on it. Yeah. Um, Always cater to the women. That makes a lot of sense. Always cater to the women. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Fuck the dudes. Always yeah. cater to the women. So for any DJs that might be listening to us talking about boxing and shit, just if you happen to be listening, this is for you. Fuck the dudes. <laughs> Whatever the women are dancing to, the dudes will follow. Yeah, I and that will that. lead to drinks being bought. So you got to think about it from a business standpoint too. Yeah, bartenders don't give a shit how packed that dance floor is. They care that people are buying drinks. Yeah, you know they care. The only thing they care about is that people are at least dancing here and there. Yeah, but a lot of the time it's rare you're gonna get. I used to see it when I first started. Like when I first worked at Jackson's, bro. R.I.P. Jackson's. Yeah, R.I.P. Jackson's. Let's say that real quick. R.I.P. Yeah. Jackson's. A moment of silence, real quick. Yeah, for Jackson's. All right, that's enough. Anyways. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bro, when I first started there in like 2010, 2000 with a DJ Little Mikey, oh, bro, there was a line at the door every Friday and Saturday. Yeah. The electric electricity you feel from that, man, is just incredible. I've done this in other interviews, but still, it's just, it's a different feeling. I bet. I can imagine. But you get that same high coaching, too. Like, when you're working a corner 
Actually, no, it's the intensity is higher. When you're DJing, it's always a good, when that vibe is, when that crowd is just at its peak and you've got them going and you've got them, your feet, you're on the microphone. Yeah, put your hands up. Uh, when I say DJ, you say Dom, and they're doing it. Like when you've got control of them, almost like you're the puppet master. Yeah. Yeah, you're always feeling good. Coaching, it's a different kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. you're on the edge of your damn seat, dude. Anyone that's watched me work a corner can tell you, like, you can hear me. I don't care if there's a thousand people in there. You can hear me. Yeah. Like, my voice. I've lost my voice. I've never lost my voice DJing. I've lost my voice coaching on several occasions. I bet. Like, if I had to coach every night like that, bro, we couldn't be doing this podcast right now (laughs) because I would have no vocals. I'd I'd be using one of them smoker. uh. Yeah. You know, so yeah, dude, it's, it's a different kind of intensity because your, your emotions are mixed. Like, even if you think your fighter's doing good, it's amateurs. Anything can go in amateurs, like, especially depending on the area you're at. If you're in an area and that fighter's from that area, the cards can go against you. Every amateur boxing uh, coach will vouch for me on this. Yeah. Like, you have to dominate if you're not in your territory. Yeah, I believe that. It's amateur boxing is very territorial. Like, yeah. Uh, for instance, the West Side, we've had many issues. Any club here in town will tell you, we've had issues with fights on the West Side. Yeah. Not going the way we believe they should have went. And you could call us biased, but no, nah, man, I'm, it's not biased when, because not all the clubs here get along. Yeah. And if they're all saying the same thing, to like, me, that speaks volumes. Yeah. Like, they, we, don't some... see, we don't see eye to eye here, but we all see eye to eye over on there. what's going on over there. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's some credibility to yeah, that, I would say. exactly. So, that's why you're always on the edge of your seat, because you never know what to expect. And in a tournament situation, with the belts on the line, you you get belts and amateurs, too. You get belts, you get trophies. Yeah. A chance, and then, you know, depending on how far you go, you get the chance to represent in the Olympics. Oh, there's yeah. always so much on the line. That's DJing, cool. there's nothing on the line for me, really. Like, looking at it, do I miss it? Yes. Yeah. But, only thing that's on the line is my... Uh, my Yelp rating or Google, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like my mute, my review. Yeah. That's really yeah. the only thing on the line for me. And usually like, I'm not worried about it. Cause you're always going to have some asshole hater who, even if you killed it, he's going to talk some shit. This DJ sucks. He didn't <laughs> play my request. Well, uh. you requested fucking by Londo by Enrique Iglesias like 90 <laughs> times. So kiss my ass. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. So I think that's what it is about boxing. And it's just, it's that whole experience. It's really yeah. being involved really live yeah it like it gave me something different i was so used to djing but that only did so much for me in the long run i mean financially yeah. it was great yeah you know and whenever i get to do it again yeah it can be great hopefully but, soon man about covid but coaching from a moral standpoint was it gave me more it was more uh it was more nourishing yeah to my uh more purposeful there you go yeah it was more nourishing to my soul yeah you know i'm not a very spiritual person but i can honestly say it was more nourishing to my soul it gave me more i got more out of it you know yeah making the bonds i did coaching versus like connections i made djing i'd take coaching any day you know if, yeah. you, if you made me pick between the two yeah you can only coach for the rest of your life or you could only dj for this life i'd say coach that's powerful and that's hard for me because i'm a music i'm a music guy yeah. like i've always have been high school yeah. like my grandma, rest in peace, if she was alive, would tell you, like, from the time I was three, 
and she used to play the piano or no she played the organ like a church organ oh really yeah but she just right off the top she knew that i was going to be a music type of kid because like i started dancing when i walked in and i was like two or three years old oh yeah the fact that i was reacting to the music she's like oh yeah he's a he's gonna be a music he's guy. gonna be a music guy so nice 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 well that's awesome man that's awesome well from um from your uh just from your own like your own personal life and your own uh, trials and tribulations. Like, what, what are what are some of the things that you've had to like look at yourself and? Be Sorry, like, man, my ass was falling asleep, man. I no, I feel you, my too. Chair, bro. <laughs> Big boy problems in these uh, punk ass chairs. Anyways, what were you saying? No, you're good. Um, so, um, in your own personal life, like, what yeah. what's, what are some of the things that you've looked at yourself and been like, man, I need to be better at this. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's a loaded question too joel thank you for that uh it's just mainly this year is why that's a loaded question because yeah. i've reflected I ha- i've had time yeah to reflect and we, we have a, all of us have a, had a, a significant amount of time I, I like i'm finally to a point where i have goals again nice nice um one thing i love about my mom and always will is that she always said never stop dreaming like you know and she's not the only person that said that, but she would always say that to me. Like, you know, she loved that about me. She was, and she's a realistic person. She's like, get a job, you know, do this. Yeah. But she's like, never stop dreaming. Like, the, when you stop dreaming, that's when you get miserable. And yeah. she was right. Yeah. Because I got to a point where I was like, I had no hope for anything, you know. Yeah. But now I've like finally set goals for myself again. And it feels, it feels, it's good. It's like a weight lifted off my shoulders just to set goals for myself again to, to feel like I can do this, you yeah. know. Because I found myself... You know, at a crossroads with a lot of things, especially lately, you know? Yeah. Um, and I find that I've always been my, in life, I'm at my most successful when I have to build up, when I'm at, when my back's against the wall. It's weird. Like, I have, sur- I think I have good survival instincts is what it yeah. is. But through that survival, I can succeed. Like, having those survival instincts have always, has always been, enabled me to succeed. Yeah. Like, there was a time where, like, DJing was getting scarce for me. Before COVID, like this was years ago. Yeah. But I found a way. I'm like, oh, I need to get into this bar. I need to get into, like, yeah. to have that hunger again is is great. You know, that's yeah. the main thing that I've I've taken from, like, this last year. Yeah. Especially is just, because I found myself in the dumps, like, like existing. Mm-hmm. It sucks to just exist. Like, to exist without purpose, it's an empty life. You yeah, know? that's true. I would agree. Like, I, man, it's like something out of a horror movie or something. It's it, just, it really is. Yeah. Like, a, like you're just stuck in a maze. Mm-hmm. And well, the definition of insanity: doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah, I think I was experiencing that. Like, I think I was starting to, because I just had a routine that I did all the time, and you know, yeah. nothing changed. Yeah. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's yeah. That 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 really is it. You know, um, uh, this last episode, uh, mindset. Um, I talk about, um, like I was struggling in 2018 to get a job, mm-hmm. um, which was very, was really, really. Um, that that was young Joel, fresh out of college. Yeah, you know, fresh out of college. <laughs> you know, um, and it was, you know, I knew I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't. Yeah. I was a naive, you know, I definitely wasn't those kids that, you know, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a career, and I knew what it came with, you know, I knew going to school didn't promise me anything, you know, um, 
but I was finally going through that, you know, I was finally going through that experience of it didn't promise you anything and it really weighed heavy on me. And I was doing exactly that. I was doing the same thing over and over again. College is a big risk. It really I is. still recommend it to everyone. Even the fighters I've trained, the kids I've trained, yeah. they always ask me, you know, a lot of them are like straight up, a lot of them see the money that these pro fighters make and they want to go straight for it. But I always tell them, nah, education first. Yeah. Like I will, I always will. Yeah, absolutely. Because not every one of you is going to reach this level. <laughs> yeah. It's not something you want to hear. It's something you need to hear. Yeah. that's And that's the truth, you know? Yeah. And then it means, to be honest. For any mentor, that's something I should have added earlier. <laughs> Don't tell them what they want to hear. Tell them what they need to hear. Yeah. That's that's facts, man. Um, but yeah, in 2018, man, I was doing that. I was, uh, my mindset was terrible. You know what I'm saying? I just was very negative, very, um, just, you know, very bully. You know, I just wasn't. Like you had said, you're your worst critic. I was definitely, I, and I still am my worst critic. Me too, brother. Yeah, you know, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a hard, uh, it's a hard trait to kind of, you know, kind of. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. And find that it's balance. not a, it's not a, always a bad trait though. Yeah, absolutely. I because agree. you being your own worst critic, you're always gonna push yourself. Like, yeah, you're always gonna have that. Expectation. It's when you get complacent. Yeah, that absolutely. it becomes an issue. Yeah, you know, and so I, you know, I finally, yeah, man, I, I, I had, you know. I started listening to a lot of YouTube videos, you know, surprisingly those motivational videos, shout out to anyone that makes those motivational videos, man. They really pulled me out of a deep rut. Oh man. I thought about trying that, but I'm too much of a surly bastard. To... No, I, I honestly, man, it's something, it's, <laughs> it's something that I, I, even myself, when I first started listening to it, uh-huh. I was, you know, I was teasing myself. I'm like, come on, man. You for real? You really got to listen to this stuff. But surprisingly enough, man, like it was that bad. Like it was that bad. We're like, Anything but listening to my own thoughts. I used to be that guy on like Instagram that would post all the inspirational quotes I saw. Yeah. If you go to my, <laughs> oh, I'm roasting myself right now. If you pe- people go to my Instagram and look at the early posts on there, yeah. it's a lot of quotes like, uh, empower yourself, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which honestly, like, I sometimes mean- letting go, I still remember when sometimes holding on hurts more than letting go you know shit like that i was in my feelings for sure hey no i feel it man (laughs) yeah i yeah those uh facebook statuses that those memories they definitely remind me of who i was when i was a younger individual so that's why i slow down like i like to talk i talk a lot of shit i like to roast people that i think are pretentious even though but then i slow down like wait man i was this person you know especially depending on how old they're i'm like i was that guy once i can't i can't go in on this person too much yeah i feel it i feel it yeah you know and for myself man like you know like i that you know that was something i was willing to try and i realized how helpful and you know effective it was especially for like me and my position like i feel like there's a lot of people that have that do encounter that you know they are being complacent they're existing they're they're not fulfilling that bucket that purpose bucket or you know they feel like they're not living up to society's expectations and it's really just expectations I'm stealing that for a hashtag by the way purpose bucket go on I like it you know um, <laughs> but it's it's something that you know like you're like you're saying you know you, you continue to do something over and over mm-hmm. again and not get that result you're looking for you got to do something different mm-hmm. and uh that's something I, you know, because you're 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 just killing yourself slowly, whether you realize it or not. Absolutely, yeah. and it, it really, and you really are like you are losing bits and pieces of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I felt like it took me a while to kind of, you know, like really bounce bounce back from that. But like, I, I guess I, I, thankfully, in my situation, like I was able to be aware that 
of that change and growth, you know, and I did acknowledge that. And I think that's the most important thing when it comes to becoming better is acknowledging when you have accomplished something, even if it's not what you expect. Like, even if it's not that goal that you thought it was. Because mm-hmm. up here, man, we're invincible. In our minds, we're invincible. We could do amazing things. I wake up once in a while feeling like I can, I can run through a wall. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, same. And there's times where I Anybody to- that says differently is lying. Everyone at some point has a day. Even the you know most miserable people, they have that day occasionally where they're like, man, I feel good. I slept like eight, nine hours. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, I, 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 I still, I definitely do. You know, there's times where I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to kill tomorrow. I'll be waking up late. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and but there's some days where I wake up, I'm like, do I need this job? Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's that, it's, it's, you know, that balance of being able to, you know what I'm saying? Like, hold yourself to a, a standard, but not an overzealous standard, you know what I'm saying? There's no reason for us to kill ourselves, you know? Um, Because, and really, really, like, we're just being more detrimental to our own success. You know, like, we're not allowing ourselves to spread our wings and grow, you know what I'm saying? It's just like that, you know, that coach that's ostracizing that that one athlete. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're really doing more damage than you are helping him by creating this bubble around him thinking that he's he's that special. Yeah, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything that's going to come to him and it's just the atmosphere it creates when you ostracize someone, any sport. Yeah. What happens when that dude loses or just just fails misery, like the guy you talked about? Yeah. The rest yeah. of the team's seeing that. Yeah. The other fighters are seeing that. Mm-hmm. They're going, and they're looking at you now. Like, you put all that work and ignored us into this guy. And look at him. He just took a massive L. What? You know? Yeah, absolutely. They will turn on you, man. Yeah. We're human. No matter how, you know, how much machismo you think you have, yep. people will turn on you. Yeah. It doesn't matter what position you're in. You know, people will turn on you if they if they see weakness or if they see uh incompetence. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I would yeah, I it would, doesn't I matter. Would agree. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it's when it comes to, when it comes to yeah, you lose that respect. You lose that that like that trust. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I'm trusting you to be my leader, my coach, my mentor. You're gonna, you know, help me become better. Yeah. And when you realize that that person's not in it for everyone, they're only really in it mm-hmm. for themselves. That's when it really hurts. You know what I'm saying? That's when you're like, you know what? Fuck this guy. You know, like I'm, I'm just gonna do whatever I want to do, and you know, make it whatever I want to make it. You know what I mean? And that's where I think a lot of you know, teams and like organizations, little you know, these clubs and stuff like that, they really mess up well, because Yeah, like I said, I love that you played football because these analogies come easier. <laughs> There's always that one dude. Fuck that. There's always that one quarterback <laughs> that's talk like he's just starting. You know, he's got some natural athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Similar to your boy that you said was hurting everyone. But there's that one quarterback, he's just full of himself. And when a play goes wrong, he's constantly blaming his line. Hey, you've seen this happen. You keep pissing that line off. What are they gonna do? Yeah, they're gonna let you know. They'll play it off, but they're not gonna do shit when when those pass rushers are coming for you. They're gonna sit there. They're gonna kind of move their hands. Yeah, you know. You know, it's funny. And it's better to not learn the hard way. I'll say that. You know, for playing ball, like it's better to not learn the hard way because yeah. learning the hard way can cost you your whole career sometimes. Yeah, yeah. no, straight up. And you know, it's funny. That you- it's funny that you say that because I remember anyone that's played ball can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, actually, we we played against we played against a team. I think it was Evergreen, okay, in Seattle, and uh, 
Whoa, there's a name I haven't heard in a minute. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tell me about it. We were playing Evergreen High School, and uh, man, we were whipping them. Honestly, like we were just, you know, we were just messing them up. Yeah. And uh, we were having fun, but you know, they had their showboaters on there. There was people that were talking shit and whatnot. Trying to start Nothing, man. When you showboat, you just make a target. You yeah. A, you put a big ass target on your back. Right. You know. Yeah. So, but you know, it was funny because um, you know, in high school, I was a middle linebacker and fullback. Mm-hmm. So. And at that time, I think I was actually... I heard stories of the great Joel. Oh, you know, yeah. I miss him. You know, I miss him. You know, uh, but at, at that Eight time... Eight yards per carry. Hey, you know, <laughs> I do what I do. But um, my... Uh, that So that year, I was actually DN because that was when I went, you know, from that... I mm-hmm. went from, you know, running a, four, uh, a 40 at 5'2". You played two. DN? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, so at the very end of my my career in high school, they fucking Joel Joel Watt over here. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they threw me at the end, man, and uh, it was cool. So I remember the offensive line. I remember lining up against them, and they're they they were talking. You know, they were talking to me, and they're just like, "Hey, man, yeah, you guys are really good." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Oh man, thanks." You know, we're just you know, we play a lot. You know, and they're like, "Hey, you know, it's gonna come this way." They're like, "Fuck it." They're mad, bro. They're really mad. They're like, "Hey, whoa." Yeah, they straight up were telling me that's not play. even trying to play it off. They just no. They're like, "Hey, bro." They're like, "It's gonna be. It's gonna was, be." An was it a running play? Yeah, yeah. Are they I gonna, formation wildcat? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it was I formation. Okay, and you know, or something like that. Did, did, does anyone run wildcat anymore? I'm old. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Madden. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Throws everyone for a loop. But yeah. it was just, but yeah, like you're saying, man, I just, now do you know if it was because they're, 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 I was team. like, who pissed up? When you said that right, I was like, who, somebody pissed somebody off on that line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. now that you mentioned, I'm probably sure probably their quarterback oh, was talking some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was talking some shit. So you guys blew, were blowing them out. Uh, yeah, man. It was, uh, it was, it was a pretty high end score. I'm pretty mm. sure we were like, we had scored at least 50. Oh, geez. Yeah. Bro. So, like, wow. Yeah. We were up there and, it was uh, <laughs> the linemen just wanted to go home. They did, bro. And, like, okay. You know, and we we're and I, I guess we were, you know, I mean, and even then, I don't really think I really interacted with those linemen a whole lot. But I mm-hmm. think, you know, like our the rest of the team did, you know, and like they were just that's such an intimate thing too, because just knows you're playing DN, so you're nose to nose, yeah, with these dudes, and they're just like, hey, man, yeah, uh, they're <laughs> like, this play's gonna come this way, yeah, man. It was it tackle was, for loss, fumble. What was the result, Joel? That's what I want to know. Oh yeah, I don't even think they got past the line of scrimmage. Oh man, yeah, it was it was it was a fun game. They, they were pissed though. I mean, rightfully <laughs> so. You know, it was a long game. To be honest, I remember that being a long game. Um, but it was good. It was uh, yeah. you know, I liked football. Was fun. So, yeah, no, I mean, I can kind of relate to that. I had a fighter once. I won't name drop this person, but I had a fighter once that was frustrating me so much because they i felt like they weren't even trying yeah and i was ready to throw the biggest thing is throwing the towel in yeah that can be humiliating for any fighter yeah because i'm not even letting it come down to you getting knocked out like you're just or or the ref stepping in yeah i'm ending it myself yeah um that's one thing a fighter never i mean you got to think about fighting has there's so much pride involved yeah there is so when your coach throws the towel it feels like they've given up, you know, given up on you. And it, it it wasn't that. Just this particular fight, this fight I didn't feel, I mean, even leading up to it, I didn't feel was taking the training seriously. I didn't feel like was doing their job. Yeah. And I actually had the towel in my hand because I was yelling and ignoring me completely. Yeah. 
in between rounds, talking to him, ignoring me completely. The third round comes. I actually have the towel in my hand clenched. And the other coach, the head coach stops me. Oh, he really? sees me getting up. And he goes, no, let this person learn. Yeah. Like, let them learn the hard way. Because yeah. I was getting angry because to me, it reflects on all of us. Yeah. I take, yeah, even boxing being the kind of sport it is, it's a team sport. I'm like. It is a team sport. The club we, you represent, you're reflecting on all of us right now. Absolutely. And it, it, was, it, was, it was that, it was a high stage. It was a big tournament. This wasn't like a small amateur fight. Uh-huh. This was a big tournament in an arena. Okay. And this person just looked like they didn't care. Yeah, like you know? they never boxed all day yeah. in their life. To, to, the person wasn't, I can say this much, they weren't really getting hurt, but yeah. they were getting humiliated. Oh, I see. And not, oh, you know, not listening to anything I was saying. Yeah. So I took it as, oh, well, if I'm wait, you're wasting my time now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's that's important. You yeah. know what I mean? And no fighter, no fighter, even if they're getting brutalized. I've had fighters beg me to never throw the talent. I'm, I'm just straight up. Yeah. Tell me, coach, don't ever throw the talent on me. Let me... Let me get knocked to the canvas and not yeah. be able to get up. Don't ever throw the talon. Because part of your job as a coach is to protect them too. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't, I can never make that promise. If I feel a ref isn't doing their, and you see this shit all the time in MMA and boxing. I'm like, if a ref's not doing their job, I'm going to do it for them. Even if it comes at, you know, yeah. the expense of your pride. Yeah. You know, I'd rather, I, I want you to have. I want you to be coherent. I want you to be able to have conversations with your kids in the future. Straight up. That's what it is. I think even, like, even football is getting like that now, too. Like, you know, like, they're very, everyone's like, oh, it's so sissy. And I'm like, no, nah, man, they just, they realized the quality of life back in the day wasn't that great for a footballer. And they weren't getting paid shit. So. No, really. Yeah, straight <laughs> up, man. And then even high school, like, level, too, like. They're not getting paid anything, and no, and that's their youth, man. Yeah, like, if you're really getting, if you're getting hurt at that, you know, time in your life, like that really can deter what you're gonna, what the rest of your life's gonna look mm-hmm. like. You know what I mean? And that's something that we can say for coaches too is like the safety is the biggest safety first, always. Yeah. You know, I believe that, and I that's true, man. Because I remember, you know, having videos and these meetings with our coaches and making sure that that was you know we we tackled right you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and we didn't lead with our Did, head yep didn't lean with the crown yeah you know what i'm saying even though that was the that was the best way to hurt someone <laughs> you know what i mean but, i'm not mad at you bro <laughs> yeah you know um like i was a shoulder guy myself yeah not nah, me yeah. i i was a little bit of both it was a little combination a, and yeah you get a flag for that too yeah yeah you know <laughs> targeting yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. it it yeah i could i can definitely respect that you know what i'm saying when it comes to being a coach especially for a youth it's like man you don't really you do as a kid you do feel invincible you feel like you could do anything you know what i'm saying so it's like young and dumb man um yeah there's a few rules i live like it's when it comes to protecting them like sparring yeah headgear always there's some guys that don't want to spar with headgear i've been to some places where they don't use headgear and it blows my mind oh really the thing is there have been studies so recently there have been studies on whether headgear actually makes a difference yeah Yeah, exactly but until they completely disprove it headgear mouthpiece no mouthpiece no headgear you're not getting in the ring another thing i look at their demeanor if they're pissed off especially if they have experience yeah i'm not letting them spar yeah that makes sense. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Like, if if they're 
angry, the last thing you want them to do is because it can create bad blood. Yeah. They might not even hate the guy they're sparring, but because they're already mad about something, they're going to take it off. They're going to take it out on him, and that guy's going to get pissed off. Yeah. And now you've got a situation where you have to step in and break up practice because these guys aren't sparring anymore. They're actually fighting. Yeah. You know? A lot of people don't understand sparring. It's practice fighting. It's not real fighting. The intent, yeah. Some people take it. I mean, I've seen people spar, you know, blood. I've seen bloody sparring sessions, bro. Oh, damn. And depending on the level of the fighter, sometimes that, that happens no matter what. Yeah. They could be holding back and still, you know, bloody each other up. But with like beginners and stuff, no, it should never you should be teaching them to 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 point fight at that point. Yeah. To be working and teach them to help each other like in between rounds. Yeah. You know, my the best thing I've always done is I take an experienced fighter and an, and a guy who's just start a green guy mm-hmm. and I put them in with each other cuz the experienced fighter will listen to me. Yeah. And I'll be like, "Hey man, make sure he's keeping his hands up, you know, keep him honest." Yeah. Just throw your jab in there. You know, let him work. See if he can catch you. Yeah. You know, it make, gives it a it's a workout for this green fighter too. Yeah, absolutely. Um sometimes I'll put green fighters in but only if they've sparred a few times. It's hard for me to do it right off the the bat like I I have, but it's it's cringy. I bet I can yeah, imagine. Yeah, it's very cringy. So, that's my advice with that with sparring is if you have an experienced guy that that you know isn't going to try to, you know, you have experienced guys that are just brawlers. Yeah. So that's not always going to work. But if you have a, a technical experienced guy, there you go. Yeah. Throw them in with the green guys because, you know, they, that'll work to your advantage. And it'll help the green guys. Like, because a, you throw some brawler in there with a the green guy, they're not going to want to come back to your gym. Yeah. Because he's just going to get stomped out. And it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. Yeah. You're humiliating them. So yeah, and that's the, yeah, that's not what it's all about. Um, but sometimes I will say, sometimes somebody needs to be humbled. You have green guys that do right off the top need to be humbled. You don't have to hurt them to do it either. Yeah, uh, Pollo, he was a very defensive fighter. Yeah, like he had great defense, great head movement. So I, I like there was a cocky East Side kid that came in there one time into the oh, gym. So like, man, I mess up anyone. I'm like Pollo. Don't let him hit you once. He goes, what? And he's a quiet kid. Yeah. Don't let him hit you once. He goes, okay. They went one round, one three-minute round. I kid you not. This kid was swinging for the fences and didn't touch him. Yeah. Didn't damn. land Didn't land a glove on him. Like, he, blo- he either blocked all of his shots or he slipped all of them. Oh, damn. Yeah. That could be frustrating. Oh, dude. Nothing breaks a person more than when you think you're just the hardest dude and you can't land a punch. Like. Yeah. Because you look goofy. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if you saw how Pollo looked, man. He's a skinny kid. Like, he's skinny and he has the, the friendliest smile. Yeah. So, if you're a, like some hood-ass dude and you can't touch this 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 goofy, smiling kid, like... <laughs> Mayweather, I always thought, that's how he broke people, man. Like, in fights, that's yeah. usually how he bested him because he'd just frustrate the hell out of him and they'd start making mistakes. Yeah. Um, That's where the whole counter-punching thing comes into play. Yeah. Make them miss, make them pay, you know. But yeah. as I said, you don't have to I've known some kids that don't have hard punches, but they can beat you because they can just, you know, they'll you'll gas out and they're landing even if it's not like doing a lot of damage to you. They're they're winning. Yeah. Uh, in boxing they're judging on, you know, punches landed ring generalship. Yeah. Who's running this show? 
Yeah. You know, clearly the guy that's making you miss yeah. and hitting you in return is going to be running the show. So, yeah, straight up. I can see that. Oh. Man, my ears hurt. <laughs> my ears and my ass hurt, bro. Yo. Well, <clears throat> is there anything you want to leave? Um, oh, man, he's wanting. Joe wants me to get deep and impart some wisdom on these people. Absolutely. This is the best part. All right. Let me get philosophical for a second. <laughs> bring it out. Bring it out. Be open-minded. Find something that makes you happy, even if it's not something that's giving you financial gain. Do volunteer work. You know, at least try it out. I never thought I'd be into volunteer shit, but man, it's amazing. It's it's really fulfilling. Yeah. Um, and it gives you balance. So, to all my people out there, you know, you don't have to be a boxing coach. You don't have to, you know, be a big philanthropist by any means. But just do little things. Try to give advice. Even. Yeah. Advice doesn't cost you shit. Like. If you see somebody that's having an experience that you can relate to, give that person advice from where you're, you know, from where you stand. Yeah. And you never know, like, it's little things. I used to think, so when I was DJing and doing music, I'm like, man, if I don't make it big, this shit's a waste of time. And then I realized that was all wrong. That philosophy is completely wrong. Any musician out there that's thinking, oh, if I don't make it, man, this was a waste of time. Nah, man. If your music or whatever you were doing touched just one person, you did your job. Yeah. And I realized that in my older age. I used to be very selfish, you know, but I realized that, you know, if I can make a difference to a handful of people or just one person, you know, I've done something right with my life. I've, I've, uh, I've found balance by doing that too. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. I don't know what else you want me to say, man. It's- I like that. No, no, that was beautiful. <laughs> you had me talking this whole time. <laughs> no, that was good, man. That was good. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. No, I, I would. I absolutely would agree. Um, you know, there's we only have one life. You know, as far as we know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you know, like, I think the best things we can do in life is have a, a an interaction with another human being, and uh, let them leave with something good. You know what I'm saying? And so I appreciate that, man. I just wanted to say thank you for of course, help, helping the community out here in Yakima, man. You know, I'm sure it, you made a lot of differences. It was an honor and a privilege, man. Yeah. Like, truly, like, looking back, I don't regret anything, only that I wish I could have done it more. Yeah. You know, so. I feel it was not too late, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're still, you're still young. You're still young, buck. Anything's possible, man. Like I said, I've got my, I've got my hunger back, so. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Real quick, what... You know, I know we're we're wrapping it up, but I just want to dive into that real quick. What what do you think what made you lose that hunger? Well, we talked about it. I got complacent. Complacent, yeah. I was working a, day, a nine to five like everyone else. Yeah. Um, and even the DJing, I just got complacent. Like I'm like I'm just doing this gig. Yeah. So I have money in my pocket, but you know, there's not there's nothing I really want to do other than you know, yeah, pay bills and like buy bullshit. Yeah, I feel you know, most people aspire to like travel or do something else. I did travel a little bit, but still, like that's something I want to do more now. You know, yeah. like now I've, like I said, 
just being complacent, I think, is what killed my hunger. I just, yeah. I got to a point where I was too comfortable. And that's why I told you, I find I'm at my best when I'm in a, when I have to, when I have my back against the wall, when I have to, I have no choice but to go up. Yeah. So. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's good. That That's good that you are aware of that. You know, when you had mentioned that earlier, I, that's something I feel like I resonate with because yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's sometimes I feel like I move better. I think better when I do feel like, mm-hmm. you know, like I have nothing to lose. Hence the reason I responded. I respond better to an X and O versus a yes man. Yeah. Because they're always like, they're putting these constraints on you saying, Oh, you need to, yeah, you know, it's, uh, get with it or get out kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, ultimatums are a weird thing but it always worked for me it doesn't work for everyone i'll just say that but for me that's how it's always been so it's mm-hmm. like i kind of just use that to get my hunger back like i'm just gonna die unhappy if i don't try to you know strive for something better yeah so, absolutely yeah i feel that well dom i appreciate you coming on here man uh you know this is a monumental you know episode you know first guest ever um man i'm proud to to have that mantle. That's awesome. Hey, throw that on your resume, man. <laughs> For sure. But, but, uh, experience Joel's mind. Huh. First one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Alrighty, man. I appreciate you, you know, and everyone that's tuning in. I appreciate y'all for listening. I'm um, getting some good insights from, uh, coach Dom. I hope you are able to apply this, um, this conversation in any way you need to in your life. Um, and as always, follow me on my socials. Uh, Dom, is there any social you'd like to throw out there for people to reach at you? I was wondering. I was like, can I plug that? Uh, just my Instagram. Um, Instagram okay. Yeah. Uh, at DJ Dahmers 85. That's at DJ D-O-M-M-E-R-S 85. <laughs> All right, all right. I'm sorry, man. I'm tired. Nah, it's all good. We know. <laughs> sorry for the awkward pause. Like, it's all good. Like I forgot how to spell my own name. <laughs> nah, man. We spent like what two hours trying to get the mics to work. So yeah. we're a little. One of these days, you're gonna have to do behind the scenes for people to see what the, the kind of shit you put up with. Like, wow, <laughs> for real. That was yeah. People, yeah. it physically gave me a headache. Yeah, Joel had to give me some Tylenol. It physically I... gave me a headache because I was like, what? If, what's going on? Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciate you, man. Uh, and then anyone that's you know looking for some any boxing lessons here in Yakima, definitely hit up my boy DJ um, Dahmer's eighty five on Instagram. I DJ got Dahmer's eighty five. <laughs> and uh, you know, do your thing. And just like uh, Dom said, don't get complacent and uh, do something selfless. You know what I'm saying? Do something that's gonna never stop dreaming, never lose that hunger. Absolutely, never stop dreaming, never lose that hunger. I love that. I'm gonna write that down because yeah. that's I think that's good advice for anyone at any point in their life whether they're old young or just trying to you know figure it out but thank you my brother appreciate you we're gonna do this again at one point yeah